Let loose with Vontae and Josh. Let loose with Vontae and Josh. Let loose with Vontae and Josh. Alright guys, welcome back to another episode and we are back and we are B-L-A-C-K for you hoes. Not for you hoes, I'm weak. Well, we black! We are so black. Real black, real black. I'm more like brown, caramel. Slash mahogany <laughs> wood, but whatever. Right, look, I ain't, I ain't never heard niggas call this a mahogany. Not mahogany. A varnish, a varnish mahogany, okay? Uh, you sound you sound like uh that part in that Beyonce song, I'm a light skin, dark skin, beige, fluorescent beige. Bitch, <laughs> I'm black. So we got a special guest. Speaking of her purr, we got a special guest. Demar lies back. Hey, what's up? AKA Miss Granny Socks to get you boxed. Yeah, you don't remember that shit. Wait a second. Not Granny Socks to get you boxed. Wait, 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 Demarla. Okay. Y'all, I feel old. I feel old. I feel old. So I was working uh, my job as an educator. Mm -hmm. And, you know, these two 13-year-old, this boy and this girl was getting into an argument right in front of me. Right. It was lighthearted, whatever. And, like, the last thing this girl said to this boy was she had called him a munch and walked away. Okay. <sighs> she was like, you a munch. Get the my face. Right? I was like baffled because I I had not heard the song. I I just felt so old. I was like, what the I was like, y'all, this is bad. This is real bad. I had to go to Urban Dictionary like the white folks. And I went to Urban Dictionary. And I looked up what munch meant, and I said, "Oh, oh!" So now, now I understand why he was so offended. <laughs> I was feeling you. <laughs> then they got munch. Okay, I get it now. I understand. Well, speaking of ice spice, they said it's a rumor that she Drake flew her. She Drake flew out to see her and meet her, or she flew her out. And then y'all followed her ass after that. So, <laughs> well, I had uh, just seen that article as well, and they said the reason why he unfollowed her is because after he like kicked it with her, she flew out to party with Cardi B, and you know he don't play about Nikki. Oh, but I mean. Cardi B from fucking well, well, I guess Nicki Minaj. Well, they into it. You know how they had that whole like, oh, she wanted you know Nicki be like, oh, Cardi wants to be me. She copies my hairstyles, and they're steady like yeah, having this I beef. I don't understand necessarily what's going on. I don't. Everybody and their mama in like two thousand eight, two thousand nine to about eleven were a bob with a bang. 
So I'm not really understanding why Nikki, with her 40-year-old self, wants to keep talking, you know, like she created the hairstyle. I mean, they was wearing it way back when. But why are we acting like, and this this has always been my biggest problem, maybe my biggest issue with when it comes to Nikki. And trust me, I'm a Nikki fan, but I'm not like a bar, right? Right. I, I enjoy Nikki's music. I can understand Nikki's influence, but let's mm-hmm. not act like Nikki was not influenced by other female rappers. Thank you. Yeah. So Thank why are you. we acting like art doesn't imitate art, right? Art. Like right. Just, just the other day, we were having a conversation about who would be considered uh, the new king of pop, right? Mm-hmm. Like, n- no disrespect to Michael Jackson, but you know, think about all of the artists who still are influenced by Michael Jackson, right? Mm-hmm. To this day, and will continue to be in the future. It's just, it's very baffling to me how someone who who does have the accolades that Nikki has just feels like they have to fight to defend themselves mm-hmm. all the time. And my thing is, your record speaks for itself, so you don't really have to defend yourself. And if and if these hoes want to copy you, is that not a compliment? That's true. I feel like it's a little deeper than that for her because Nikki, for one, she can't really keep up with today. A lot of today, it's not a lot of lyricism, and that's no shade. There's not a lot of lyricism anymore. Like Nikki is a lyricist. Yeah. Everything nowadays either is a TikTok dance or something mashed together with a fire beat. That's all mass, that it mass is. Produced. And then not only that, the responsibility of the man that she married. You know, she hasn't Whoa. really been Whoa. in a good light. I mean, that's no shade. That's no shade. She hasn't really been in a good light. So she's not charting for real. Like Freak Super Freaky Girl was cool, but she ain't charting like the rest of them nowadays. Her husband is an offender and she has to constantly deal with people coming at her for that. And like, if you think about it, every time she come at somebody, they'd be like, well, girl, guess what? Your man be raping people. And it's like, she really can't say like, oh, it's not true because he's for the world to see. So it's like, Nikki's aggression I feel comes from everything that she's going through so she'd rather take it out on other people than really just take it in for what it is that she just really got bigger issues at home because why would somebody just out of the blue just start coming for people like I ain't gonna lie the super freaky girl remix I didn't know some of who some of them rappers was but I would have expected to hear like a Amaretta or oh you know Corey Lorraine fucking Bronson. She went Thank out you. and got bitches that she know like Akbar B. Don't get me wrong. Akbar, I done heard some songs. She can rap. But like, mm-hmm. you only put her on because you know Akbar fight for your ass physically. Exactly. We know what you're doing. You're building an army of minions, bitch. Mm-hmm. And that's my biggest note for Nikki. She always surrounds herself with like yes men. You know, like, like mm-hmm. nobody, like nobody who is actually going to tell her about herself. And then when mm-hmm. people tell her about herself, that's when she turns against them. And I, I, I don't, I don't get that. I think she low key like a narcissist or some shit. Yes. 
I think that's what it is. And then you see, like, did you see, like, she had JT, like, JT was on that remix. And, you know, she had, J, I guess, JT, like, this thing when I was a long time ago, and they was on live, and she had JT, like, rap the whole, whole diss song to her. Like, what the fuck? And, she, and JT was like, no, nah, I don't really remember her trying to, like, play it off. She was like, no, rap it. Rap every part. I'm like, bro, and I'm like, Nikki, I'm not doing that shit. It's a it's a superior complex type of thing. Like she likes to feel superior, but she really not for real. Like, when's the last time you've heard a Nikki song that you played repeatedly? Like, oh, that's that one. Like, I couldn't even get through Super Freaky Girl. I was hella annoyed. You ain't like the song. I like. I, I didn't like, the, like the original it. version. Like when it come on radio. R-E-A-K-A. <laughs> right, like it's like, given, like bring it on, like I'm cool. I ain't really seen no like TikToks to it, so that's real bad. But I feel like I have, but I feel like Nikki. Uh, let's let's be very honest. Let's be very very honest. The only reason she released a pop song, and that's mm. very much a pop song, like mm-hmm. that. Right, because we haven't seen that from Nikki in a while. Right, mm-hmm. she was getting that VMA. Must be real. Yep. She yep. had to be relevant to the whites. Mm-hmm. Right? No, I'm, I'm, I'm super freak. That's you super speaking, freaky, girl. Yes. You're speaking facts. That's because yes. she had to find something that was going to be playable <laughs> in the white club. Kiss 107 and all, yeah. Yes. She had to find something that was going to get some actual radio play off of just hip-hop radio. Yeah, because the crossover, you get more money. Like, I'm not saying that Black people don't spend or, like, Black artists don't get money, but it's a proven fact that people cross over (laughs) to reach wider audiences to gain more revenue. That's just facts. And so that, that was that whole freaky, you know, super freaky girl thing. Mm-hmm. But these past few songs that she's released have not hit for me. Yes, and honestly, a song really hasn't hit since her Queen album. Um, yes, that was my choice. And and I just I'm I don't know I don't know I'm. I'm concerned for Nikki because I want her to kind of disappear from social media. Mm-hmm. I know that she won't. My thing with her, my last thing that I got to say on her and then we can move to the shit was, I mean... Because right, this ain't even the shit, y'all. Right, this ain't even the shit. But if you the queen, bitch, act like it. Why yeah. the fuck? Why the fuck you keep stupid down? If I'm not arguing no bitch that ain't me. Fuck that. I mean, they already been disrespecting you, Nikki. Put that shit in the music. Make a fire ass out. All them tracks golden. They can't deny you because they fucked you. You should have been and had a fucking Grammy. But they fucked you. Mm-hmm. Politics. You should have been had one because how the fuck Cardi get one before you? Get the fuck. I love Cardi B. But she got a Grammy before Nikki motherfucking Minaj? Well, I believe her Grammy nominee, her Grammy had a lot to do with the fact that um, the miseducation of Lauren Hill was like the top Billboard album for like since '98. Yeah. So when she 
Now with invasion of privacy, she knocked Lauren down to number two and Lauren had it since 98. So I felt like that probably had a lot to do with getting the ground as well. Oh, well, yeah, okay, never mind. Well, she earned it. My bad, Cardi. Don't, don't come for me. Don't come I mean, me. but if you really think about it again, that goes back to lyricism. Like, some Cardi has some punchlines, but for the most part, she's not a lyricist. She's yeah. more like trying to get the girls up to shake a little booty or whatever. Like, Nikki is a lyricist, and so is Megan the Stallion, but we ain't gonna go there. Hey, I just feel like... Mm-hmm. I just feel like you know we need to get back to the music, like the actual lyrics. I'm so sick of these these people. These TikTok. <laughs> but that's not. Yeah, we have to. We also have to realize that we had a new day. Like the attention and mm-hmm. the attention span of these youth uh, is not as as long as ours. You know. Thanks. Um. While we are able to sit down and listen to a six, seven minute song, right? Right. A, a six or seven minute song for like someone like someone who's considered young GP today, like right. that's ridiculous. They're like, why is the song so long? Yeah. Right. And it's it's everything lives on TikTok. Everything lives in in short short videos so it's like what they're consuming is what the music industry is going to bend to right and with that comes mediocrity Mm -hmm. um i there's so there's so many artists out there right now who are just releasing bullshit Mm -hmm. i mean just and like just you know my girl Beyonce said it best nobody wants to make an album anymore nobody wants to make a full body of work anymore and the few people who are doing it right are not necessarily getting the credit they deserve Mm -hmm. and uh, I don't know it's interesting because I did see a video the other day the music, the music industry is like a pendulum. So like if it swings one way, eventually it'll swing the other way. So hopefully we will get back to the lyricism and we will get back to the like the really, really good, feel good music, but it's gonna it's right. gonna take a while. Speaking of the lyricism, we got a uh, lyricist oh, in the building. I don't know her name, but I'll you know Great Barbie. Great Barbie. Barbie. Yeah. So we got a new little uh, white girl on the scene on TikTok. I ain't hating on her. It's whatever. Her stuff, whatever. I mean, everybody made her hot or whatever the fuck TikTok hot because I'm like, I mean, you got celebrities literally watch her P-I-P-I-P-I, and then they go into their little verse and then she ended with the P-I-P-I. we like, what the fuck? And you mm-hmm. like, I didn't think people said I am period I. You are period. Right. Cause I was just like, once I seen Chloe Bailey chime me, I was like, no, this bitch made it. Damn it. <laughs> you seen the tweet that they was like, y'all keep fucking around with this period I, period I, girl. Y'all about to have, we gonna have another bad baby on our hands. I was oh like, I don't think so. I said, I feel like Bad Baby 
yeah, she may have made some money off the little her little bullshit ass, uh, whatever. I forgot what the fuck it was. Uh, uh, what was her? What the fuck she get off? Who's, of? who's the girl who made um that one song that? Oh, if you ain't blah blah blah, you ain't from Atlanta. Amaretta. Oh, Amaretta. That's her name, Josh. When in reality, she's not from Atlanta. Mm-hmm. She ain't from Atlanta either. Uh-uh. At least that's what I, I read. She sounds like she want to be some Alpharetta. Alpharetta is nice. Oh, my God. Well, you know, I mean, have y'all checked out that girl's TikTok profile? Because I did, I did a little research mm-hmm. and uh-huh. I have a theory, but I think I might be crucified for it. No, nah, go ahead. You like her, don't you? I'm scared. No, I think, Lord forgive me if I'm wrong. You think she did it for clout? I think she has special needs. And I think that's why a lot of people are giving her a pass because when you watch her other videos, she goes from Karenisha to just flat out Karen. Like her hair be stringy and oily. And she'd be like, thanks for the boxes. Thanks for the mail that you sent. And I'd be like, hold on, where the accent go? Her top lip and bottom lip disappeared. She don't have no lashes on. It's giving X-Files. Like, ah! and I just like, what's ah! going on? Like, my X-Files. Like, so every time I see her videos, I be like, ooh, do, 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 do. Like, that's what I be hearing. And I just be like, oh. I really think this is just trolling at its finest. If you haven't noticed, you get the same black people out here. Oh, protect black people. Black lives matter. My black son matters. But y'all the same ones that are supporting these people who are cultural vultures. Y'all sit up here and they make a mockery of what they feel black women are or black people are. And then you get black people. Go ahead, girl. Turn up. Go off. But these are the people that y'all are supporting when there's actual Black people who create great content that you can support that are actually doing the work. She's trolling to get free gifts. She has videos be like, support my Amazon wish list. Why would I, why do I want to order you something? Like when you go on her page, she talks about, go look, check out my wish list. I want this because of this. And, and that's, that's all this is. She used cultural appropriation to become famous and get all of this free stuff in clout. And I just, shame on us for supporting this crap. Like, I can't. Damn, the Marley broke that shit down like a six-fold caddy, okay? Broke it down. It is, like, because, I I mean, she's right. I mean, she's right. You look at all of these little white girls. Who do the same thing over and over and over again, and and we blow them up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's fucked up. It really is. I mean, well, well, girl. I mean, I hope you make your little bit of punk ass money because she talking about. I just went on her TikTok and I seen what you were talking about tomorrow with the girl with the special needs. I strongly agree because she was opening up one thing. Nah, Josh, it was just the way she was talking. She's like, "This is my uh, 
I got this for, I'm like, hmm. Yeah, that was, that was what like a lot of the comments were saying that they felt like she had special needs. And the more and more I watched her videos, that's what I got from it. And I think that's why when you go through her comments, you don't see anything bad. But just because she has special needs don't mean that she has the right to be a culture vulture. I for you, obviously, she has sense enough to know what she's doing. And she got like 20 videos straight of mm-hmm. a million plus views. I said, get the fuck we ain't give up, man. And I know it's a bunch of like. See, that's the problem with mediocrity. Yeah, it's just black people. We just so nice. That, that's what they say. Our they always try to point black people to be all fucking mean and violent, mm-hmm. but really, black people is the most opening race ever. And think. we spend the most money. Think about it. Black folks, we are naturally nosy. I don't care who you are. You people be like, oh, I find my business that pays me. Sis, bro, you're nosy. That is a black characteristic. We gonna always want to check out something to see what's going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's just us, period. When we see somebody wearing something that's popular, guess what? People buying it. When you look at them lines for Jordans, you don't see a lot of white people in them lines. It be us, because they know we gonna spend. Mm-hmm. Well, and then, you know, it's like, Jesus, we, you know, I, it's a, it's, it's a sin of ourselves because like we made it cool, mm-hmm. you know, like we made it cool. And of course we shift the culture in whatever direction we want it to be. So it's just like, I don't know. Can we be mad at them sometimes? You know what I'm saying? If we gonna, if they see the support, the constant support, they're like, well, if she can do it, I can do it. Or if he can do it, I can do it. They gonna support me anyway. And that just goes to show how powerful we are as a people. Like if we shifted that type of support to other things that matter, I know that sounds so Martin Luther King, but it's the truth though. We if we shift that focus to things that really matter, like we could accomplish a lot. Yes, right. Ma'am. And speaking of shifting, did you see it was this woman? She goes to University of uh, South Carolina. She a black woman. She mm-hmm. recently started a, a majorette team, and people and on people on Twitter and Chamber in shambles about it because I guess University of uh, South Carolina is predominantly white. It's a PWI, so predominantly white institution. And um, Black people were like, hey, basically Black people were saying like the dances, the the majorette team is like like an HBCU thing. And Mm -hmm. it's just like, and so people are calling her like way to be a fucking gatekeeper and shit. Like I'm going to read a couple tweets. Somebody said, I'm perfectly fine standing on this hill by myself for wanting HBCU culture at white schools, dot, 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 instead of going to HBCU, dot, 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 is weird. And um, and somebody said, this is great now, but why you just don't go to an HBCU? And somebody said, HBCU, somebody responded to her, said, HBCUs are very expensive and everyone can't afford to go to one. This is coming from someone who attends Clark Atlanta. Nothing wrong with her bringing representation to her school. 
if somebody responded to that it was like y'all talking about H- how hbcus aren't affordable in the in the courts when usc is roughly 80k a year before the a the most expensive hbcu spellman is 54 before 54k before the aid a whole 26k k less just say you wanted to attend a pwi but don't lie about the accessibility accessibility of hbcus okay speaking as somebody that went to one i'm just gonna be real and people who went to hbcu that's listening know that this is true black colleges really don't want to come up off no money i have known a lot of people who have been great scholars bomb GPAs. They don't want to come up off no money. The PWIs, they've given full rides, doing this, they're doing that. HBCUs really don't. And part of that is because they don't have the funding. And I feel like the whole majorette thing was good because it's about time that we just, like, this integration thing's got to stop. Like, you know, like another school did the whole gymnastics thing, and that's probably where her inspiration came from. I forgot what black college that is, but they implemented gymnastics at their school. Mm-hmm. And that was an outrage as well. And I just feel like this is 2022. This shouldn't even be a like topic of conversation. It's sad. Right. My thing is, why are y'all mad about something that's going to bring people together? That's the point. Brings us together. Quit trying to I understand. We got our own shit. Mm-hmm. Like that shit ain't that serious, bro. I guess my biggest like question mark, question mark, question mark is first of all, y'all don't let's let's be real about major at dancing. While major at dancing, like is synonymous with HBCUs, right? Like when we think of like major at dancing. We think of HBCUs, but majorette dancing is also like elsewhere. Like there mm-hmm. are majorette dance studios, right? Mm-hmm. And there's not always a guarantee that those young ladies are going to go or young men are going to go off to, you know, go to an HBCU. Also, is there I don't know, is she creating a space for like black women to dance on this team, like for the school? Or is it is it like a mixture of races? Like I I, I just need a little more context. Mm-hmm. Because here's my thing. I'm not mad at her for taking something that she loves mm-hmm. and bringing it to her PWI, right? Because you got to create the spaces that you that you want, right? You know, especially if you can't go to an HBCU, you know. Right. Um. So I, I guess I just need a little more context to figure out what exactly uh, she's doing. But like, I'm not. I don't. I don't immediately feel upset by this. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Am I making no, sense? it makes it makes great sense. And I think another reason too is just understanding the background and culture of Majorette would help a lot of people because 
when some people look at majorette dancing, they think of it to be sexual because it's a lot of hip thrusting and so forth. And, you know, them not understanding that it's not meant to be sexual, that it's an expression and it's art, you know, I feel like that's where the disconnect comes as well is them not really understanding it. They see the dances that's being done, but they're interpreting it to be something different. And, um, I'm sorry, not even to cut you off. No, you're fine. Isn't no, there you're a fine. Whole, wasn't there a whole show on Lifetime, like Dancing Dolls? Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Like there but are some colleges. Like that. Right, but there's some colleges, and PW has to be specific, they have this strong culture that they say, like this culture that they've built they don't want to taint the culture. You know what I'm saying? And I don't necessarily call it tainting because I feel like education, it should be given to anybody, no matter what color you are, you should have the right to go to wherever you want to go. That's what civil rights was for. So it's like, if they're bringing things to, you know, help enrich that culture and so that they have a place to belong, I don't see a problem with that. Correct. But do you see, a? would you see a problem because I think I would. Mm-hmm. Would you see a problem? And the same question to you, Monte. Would you see a problem if there was non-blacks or non-people of color on this majorette team? No. That's a good. That's a. That is a really good question. Because I probably would throw away. Because I feel like she did that to create a space, create a space for like the black women that go there. Look like because if you see the video, one it was just black, it was just her and two other black girls. Okay, well, and that's fine, right? I I don't have a problem with that. Like as long as it's staying true to that, that's cool with me. But let's mm-hmm. be let's be very let's have a very honest conversation. Like when I see white people step it's uncomfortable for me it's it's, it's it's very uncomfortable for me like especially if they are stepping right like if they are stepping how do I say this it's one thing to step and just be stepping right but it's another thing to step and be associated with like a fraternity or sorority right mm-hmm. like we definitely hold that to a higher regard. So when I see white fraternities or white sororities trying to stroll... You ain't lying. That makes me uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Right? Because you're basically trying to take something that is very near and dear to the Black community. Right? And not do it justice. Right. <laughs> so basically, you just speaking on the authenticity of it all, like just being yeah. authentic to yourself. Like it's okay. Like some people like green bean casserole at the dinner. You know, I prefer collard greens. You know what I'm saying? Like it's <laughs> it's different. You know, that's you authentic know, to you. We know, that's none us, we know none of us want no green bean casserole. You said green bean casserole being a dog casserole. Yuck. Um, well, speaking of green bean casserole, Candace Owens. (laughs) 
it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be this gonna be two it's gonna be two topics in one because they all go together. Trust okay. me. So Candace Owens, what does Candace Owens have to say? She just had an epiphany, just out of nowhere. It was like, oh my god, Kim Kardashian is a prostitute, and her mom, Kris Jenner, is the pimp. And oh. all was looking at like, bitch, you late. Where the fuck you been, bitch? We been saying that shit, duh. Mm-hmm. I said, duh. Where the fuck you been? You think? I was like, if you, if you trying to just get, if you trying to be with your people for the first time, just say that, bitch. Just say you want to be her, invited. Her and Stacey Dash are just like. Did see? I want to punch her in the fucking face. I ain't. I don't want to. I don't want to hit no woman. But Stacey Dash, you almost got it. Bitch, talk about you. <laughs> I mean, but I ain't gonna lie though. Like Chris Jenner is a bomb pimp though. Like all her kids got careers and they yeah. all well off. Like. I don't know if she had the Joe Jackson them or not, but you did this to your daughters, bruh. It's all yeah. money ain't good money. You, you, you a she a sick motherfucker. Don't yeah. talk about R. Kelly. That bitch is a sick motherfucker. She need to be arrested in the same fucking the other side of the fucking jail. Bitch, you watch your grown ass daughter fuck a nigga. On not only one sex tape, three told the bitch, bitch, you look better. You look like a better angle getting hit from the back in a second tape. Bitch, what? Yes, that's, that's, that's weird. weird. Who, who is comfortable watching their daughter get fucked damn. by her? That could have been I, your damn son in law. That's a businesswoman. And then, this water. Right, and then you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta flip the shit. This was just talking about that. I don't wait. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Are you good? That just hit my soul. The said, "My business woman." No, for real. Like he asked, and that's all I could come up with. She's just terrible. It's just. I would hope to never see my son do those things. Like, I would be mortified. Right. Like, imagine you just sit there and be like, Grant, that was a good stroke. What? What? No, no. Right. That's weird as fuck. So that's what she was. And then she flipped that shit. How dare you try to flip that? And y'all created a show about, oh my God, the tape was late when you put that shit out there. So you try to blame the nigga in the situation, Chris? You ain't shit. And black people, we let you slide. And y'all stupid ass niggas that impregnated them hoes is stupid. Stupid. Ain't none of y'all niggas getting no money from none of them bitches. Everybody fucked up. Only one got some money, and he, I mean, he nasty too, though. Only one flipped that shit the right way was tight. The only one. I'm sorry though, but like I wonder what really be going on in their family because all they men walk away batshit crazy. Bruh, because everything is for show. I don't I don't I think they like I think these bitches are like poison ivy. So they lure you in, lure you in thinking that they love you and shit, then boom, put the camera in your face. You like, what the fuck, bitch? I'm taking a shit. Well, we're gonna document that you got di- that you got diarrhea. We have to put it on the show. 
no one will ever believe you shit it up a wall. I swear to God, no one will ever believe. But I'm gonna get a little bit on me so I can look like I got sick from your diarrhea, okay? Because uh-huh. I, I have to be the victim. We gotta be the little and the little white girls at the end of the day, because I think we're going big lips and big ass and try to be like the black bitches and, and hang out with Meg the Stallion and Tory Lanez. But then when shit hit the fan, oh my God, I don't know what happened. I mean, not anymore for Kim Kardashian. She looking like Sally off a of Nightmare Before Christmas nowadays. Bitch looks sick. Kim looks sick. She looking like all her relationships. That's what happened. She just looking just unhappy. Like, I mean, I don't wish that yeah, on her. Yeah, your mama pimped you out. She pimped you. She an old hoe. She look like an old hoe. She just an old rich hoe. She, this bitch ain't nothing but Madonna that can't sing. You gonna keep mm. on. Now, hold on, wait a minute. Yeah, you a Madonna that can't sing because Madonna's still hoeing around. Still old as fuck. Old as shit. 65, whatever the fuck she is. Still trying to kiss on 20-year-olds. Like, ew, bitch, you, I need a super check. You can't touch mm-hmm. me. I need to check. I need my shit all front. A blue check on Instagram. Bitch, we got a checklist before you even touch this. You got me. I don't give a fuck who you are. So, I got a question. So, with the now that we're speaking on the Kardashians, do anybody feel, because this is kind of how I feel, do anybody feel that Ray J may just be doing this to be relevant, like with the whole situation? No, no, because Ray J was making his name in the fucking tech world. He trying to come up, get away from that sex tape shit. He made major big deals for himself. What the fuck he need to be relevant for? This nigga don't love hip hop. Black people watch that shit. We always, the Norwoods are fucking black royalty. He relevant. Them bitches need to stay relevant. Them bitches ain't got no talent. Y'all talent is sucking dick. I mean, Ray J really ain't got none either because did y'all hear him I on mean, Versus holding okay, that baby? Versus, yeah, but he, he had, like a, he had baby. Okay, Ray J might can't sing, but Ray J can act. What the fuck can they do? Not a damn thing. And Ray J can go back and say, who is my sister? Motherfucking Brandy. What can them say? What, what can the Cardez say? Oh, that's my other horse sister over there. There's my other horse sister over there. Oh, don't forget about my dad. Well, Kendall's that my mama ruined, ruined that nigga. Ruined Bruce. I feel bad bad for Kendall though, because did y'all hear about you know her rumors about her being gay? Why like why can't she just be herself? I don't know about her being gay. I mean, if she was gay, I don't see why that's a problem, especially now. Because I feel like to complete they they family of bullshit, that'd be the perfect one. Now we got a gay. We got a gay. We got a super whore. And we got, you know, we got a, we got a dumbass sister that get cheated on constantly. Every other, you take this nigga back. Bitch, how you gonna take a nigga back that cheated on you and then get a surrogate? Man, what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, but she said she didn't want like two different children's fathers. We talking about Chloe, right? Yeah, I don't give a fuck. What the fuck? So you watch your kids, to- <laughs> so you teaching your daughter. I know your daddy ain't shit. But you don't want to have no bastards. That's the last thing you want to do is have a bastard. But we, well, we're not going to talk about that. I don't look like none of my motherfucking siblings and I'm big as shit. Oh. 
awful clothes. Okay. I've not said anything. It's <laughs> entire. Sorry, bro. When the Kardashians just bring something out of me. I, hate, I don't hate them as people. Don't get me wrong. Because at once, I thought Kim was very fuckable. And I respected her business at first. But then Kim went off the deep. Once she fucked my nigga Kanye, fuck you, bitch. You fucked my nigga Kanye. You lucky that album that he put out was good, bitch. You lucky. But if y'all think about it, it just goes back to that make, like cultural appropriation thing. Us as Black people, we... We supported that for so long. You think about it. Mm-hmm. Kim Kardashian, their views and stuff was mainly black people. They started attaching themselves to black people because they knew black people spend money. So if you think about it, they she may have pimped them, but she was smart. The ultimate culture. The ultimate, the ultimate, the ultimate culture. <laughs> right. right. They need they need to go to fucking Spelman University or whatever. Whatever why that not Spelman, some some school and teach culture vulture. They'll be they'll be some top some top ass professors. Oh, we can tell you how to get it. Mm-hmm. Unless they got at least 10 inches. All right. And take it with a smile. <laughs> and the and the best angle is from the back. Now <laughs> Don't forget them sides. All right, let's <laughs> move on to the next topic. Uh, speaking of just like getting things from 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 black people, um, being black at work is trash. <laughs> uh, I don't know about you guys, but I definitely work in a predominantly white space. Uh-huh. In terms of like the other people that I work with. Now there are some black people there, yes, and we we connect, right? But there's just something about <laughs> being black at work that there's a disconnect with white coworkers. When I say I ain't doing that shit. I really do mean I ain't doing that shit. And you cannot change my mind. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Vante, take it, please. Take it away from me. Well, I just feel like I want other races to understand what it's like to be black, <laughs> a black and a predominantly white workplace. Just like me, for example. I, I work at a nice condo building. 99, let's be nice, 97% white, okay? Everybody white, not only am I black, big black man, big boy. I got my big black ass brother on too. Mm-hmm. He a valet, I'm his boss. Not only I'm his boss, I'm the boss of the other valet and the managers. And I'm black, don't forget that part. Cause you gotta think how I got this job I don't know if it was from God because it was kind of fucked up because my manager, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. My manager died in his backyard out the blue. Wasn't sick. I don't know what the fuck happened. Get a call from the general manager. Hey, Tom dead. We don't know what happened. Uh, 
<laughs> you're gonna have to y'all gonna have to figure out the schedule now and shit like whoa what the fuck and it's fucked up but my father-in-law i was over my in-law's house because it was on a sunday as i always am because we always go over there for sunday dinner my son, my father-in-law was like well congratulations on the promotion i was like what the fuck <laughs> i was like damn dad that's fucking crazy he said well he died and he chose to call you. Why did he call you first? <laughs> I was like, I mean, I was like second under the top. He was like, they're going to have to replace the nigga anyway. So why not it be you? But all I'm saying is like this. The pressures that I don't think people understand the pressures of being black and work. We white people particularly, they can have a bad shitty dead work go off on everybody flip a fucking table and come back like it was normal if we do that shit if we do that shit all of a sudden we out we forever gonna be the angry black person mm-hmm. forever we'll never let that shit down they're gonna call us in the office like they're gonna call the white person in the office but they're gonna call them and talk to them so what was the problem what happened why did you flip me so you decided to do that in front of everybody. Yeah, we're probably gonna have to let you go because people are afraid of you now. Like mm-hmm. what? Like no, I just had a mental breakdown, or I had a lot going on at home. Yeah, we don't give a fuck. The people scared now. So um, yeah, it was nice having you. You know, leave your uniform at the door if you can. So that reminds me of, uh, so I used to work at a hotel. I used to work in events, right? Um, and granted, it was a part-time job at a time where I, I had to work like three, four jobs, right? Uh, my mother health, my mother's health wasn't the best and I was the breadwinner. So I had to, you know, work. So I was working like three, four jobs and this was one of my part-time jobs, but I never treated it like a part-time job. Every time I showed up, like I, I showed out, right? Now, my full-time job, right, was working at the school. So there would be things that came up and I would always like let them know. They said, just always let us know if you're gonna be late. And I would, I would do so, right? So, um, but like, I've never blown up at that job. I never did anything. And I walk in. And my manager calls me to, after I clock in, my manager calls me to the office. And I'm like, okay, whatever, you know? And I go and I'm, you know, I'm saying hi to everybody, blah, blah, blah. I'm real cool with everybody on set, mm-hmm. right? Again, I'm one of the only black people who works in, in my department. Uh, and I walk into the office and there are, Four security guards, like hotel security, like four hotel security guards, just like standing in the room mm-hmm. while she's like sitting down at a table. It's like real dramatic. And I'm like, automatically, I'm like, what's going on? Right. <clears throat> and so, lo and behold, I was being fired. Um, you know, they were like, you know, you've been late, blah, blah, blah. 
da, da, da. and I just was like, so what? Why are they here? You know. And I, I was like, have I ever given the impression that I would snap? Like, first of all, I ain't pressed over no motherfucking job. I will go get another motherfucking job. Let's let's make that very fucking clear. Right? Is all of this really necessary? And they were like, well, you know, we just we just didn't want you to lash out. When, when have I ever lashed out? Now you're getting me a little irritated and I might lash out. <laughs> right. Um, but it was, it was just so demeaning because I had to walk. I had to walk to my, like, uh, office, basically. Pack up my shit in front of everybody. Go to my locker, get stuff out of my locker. Like, in, in front of all my other coworkers, no, I've seen other people be fired before, and they don't have to be escorted out of the building. Why was I escorted out the building? Mm. By four motherfuckers. Mm, mm, mm. So it's just like it's little things like that, and plus, like if. I said half the things that my white counterparts say to my man to their managers and to like whoever they report to. Like I would have been fired. Uh-oh. But because they are white, right? And mind you, I primarily white work with white women. Because they're white women and they come in there crying the blues and can say what whatever the fuck they want. Their needs are more important than mine. Like I could come into the office asking for that same exact thing and they'd be like, nah, you can handle it. Mm-hmm. It's just it's always very interesting. Like being black in the workplace is like you gotta watch how you move, Loki. Mm-hmm. Right. It's always a it's just always an eye on you. And it's just mm-hmm. every little thing you do, like like you gotta prove yourself. Like when I got interviewed, like it, I got interviewed and it was just you ain't never hear nobody just start telling you bullshit and you know it's bullshit. Like they making it up on the fly. Like I was getting an interview and he was like, well, you know, residents, you know, people that live there was basically trying to say, um, ever since he died, I, they feel like you've got nicer. I said, whoa, whoa. I'm in there like, I start laughing. I didn't even laugh in the I said, nicer? I said, oh, I don't think I've gotten nicer. I don't, first of all, I don't think I've never been mean to these motherfuckers because um, you would never have me here, right? I said, because mm-hmm. as far as I remember, you told me I was one of your best hires ever, as far as I, as far as I know, unless you were saying some bullshit. 
I didn't say that, obviously, but I'm like, hold on. So I'm like, I think that because now I work Monday, I was working Monday through Friday, like a normal motherfucker. The people that go out on the days that I don't work are seeing me. So they're getting to see me a lot more on a regular basis because sometimes I work at nights and some people are already in before then. So they ain't they don't get to see me. So it's like, you know, it's just bullshit out the bullshit. And then like, even when I got the job, this where you got to stick up for yourself in advance. So they already know not to fuck with you. I had to tell them, look at here. I ain't motherfucking time. I ain't trying to be motherfucking time. I'm Devante. I'm 28 fucking years old. That motherfucker was 64. We are not the same. I'm not going to do shit like him. I'm young, nigga. I'm be on my phone. Have an AirPod in. I mean, y'all niggas got to get used to it. Because if I can't wear my AirPod, you need to tell Julie and the she can't wear her fucking AirPod and everybody else in this motherfucker. Mm-hmm. So you got to fight. And then it's just like, I got my brother on. And you know, it's always a thing because majority, not only is it majority, you know, we work with majority whites. Most of the valet, fucking white. Blue ass white boys ain't shit. We ain't worth a goddamn 70% of them. Some of them good. But 70% mm-hmm. of them are a piece of shit. And you could tell that they don't need the money. And so I've been really trying to plead with my manager like, look, we got to get away from this college shit. The college kids of the 90s ain't these new motherfuckers. They don't give a fuck about this job, bruh. These niggas don't respect their elders. Like, listen to the niggas. Like, I'm like, the niggas, we be knowing what the fuck is up. So, I may add, I know I don't work in the workplace, but I did. And, um, you know, one thing I, I know this may not even be a thing, but I feel like when you work in the workplace as a black person, you have like minority anxiety almost because I remember getting ready for interviews and panicking over how I wanted my hair to look because I knew that if I went in with natural hair, nine times out of 10, I probably wouldn't get the job. I remember having to fix my hair to put on a silky curly wig or a straight wig with curls that made me feel like I could fit in the workplace and where I work now even though I have my own or whatever I have a studio my predominantly white people and last week I did my hair I did what they would call like a twist out put a little rollers on the end extra curl and one of my co-workers called me adorable And I felt some type of way because I feel like adorable is what you would say to a pet or a young child. Mm -hmm. Why as a grown woman, 28 years old myself, do you feel the need or feel that it's appropriate to call me adorable? Your hair like that makes you look adorable. And I feel like when it comes to being black in the workplace, I feel like some things are meant to test us to see if we gonna go there mm-hmm. or if we, you know, or however we, they want us to respond. And to people that's out there that's experiencing all the issues that we all talked about, stay true to you and realize that you are doing this to feed your families. Yes. You're doing this to provide a better living for you and yours. 
And it's tough out there being black. And I'm sorry, I don't care how many civil rights we're gonna have. The world is always gonna have an issue, whether you're purple, blue, green, polka dot, whatever. But don't let ignorance win. Keep working, keep providing and keep doing you because there's nothing wrong with you, your hair, how you look. Nothing's wrong with you. There's something wrong with the world. Mm. And I can't wait till the day we don't have to keep having these discussions because it's sickening. I get tired of when if my bun is not in a like neat, but Karen comes in looking like the fucking crib keeper where she knows she needs some concealer under them eyes, hair stringy and, and oilier than a motherfucker. I mean, you want to sit up here and tell me that I look a mess or try to look at me a certain type of way. Black people, oh, we got to go to work. We got to look like this, that, that. And they can come in looking like they didn't got hit by a car and, and dived in a puddle. And I'm ready for work, but nobody says anything to them. Yeah. So just encouraging y'all, keep getting the bag, keep doing what you got to do. Nothing wrong with you. It's in the world. So share with us your experiences. If you are black <laughs> and you got 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 to got to preface that, all right? Mm-hmm. You know, but if you, if you are black and you do with other things in the workplace, please send us an email at letitloosepodcast at gmail dot com, and you know, let us know like uh, you know what are your experiences because we might be uh, definitely feeling the same things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. All right, y'all. Uh, the our next thing on the docket is a man got caught sniffing butt on camera. That's a booty hole. Oh, <laughs> you can't get an infection in your booty hole. It's a booty hole. Yes, you can get pinworms. Oh my god! What? Y'all don't know what pinworms are? No. <laughs> don't y'all never heard of them for real? So it's basically you have worms in your intestines, but sometimes the worms can get outside of your intestines. And while you're sleeping, the worms can crawl out of your booty hole. And how you could check for it is, is if you put a piece of clear tape on your booty hole and yank it up and you might see them on there. And there's medicine for it. And how I learned is because they're common in little children. And Grant had a pinworm breakout in his classroom and they were telling us to check our children. Oh. It's nasty, y'all. I've seen videos where it, they look like little maggots that crawl out of your booty hole. I'm sorry. I think Vante was eating, but <laughs> that's think, what they are. <laughs> I think that's going to be the name of this episode is Pinworms. Oh, it's disgusting to, to hear about. Like, oh. <laughs> Oh, I got it, Josh. Keeping up with the pinworms. Keeping up with the pinworms. All right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay, Bavante, describe this video to everybody who has not seen it. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna do this shit real quick because look, Josh got a story time, a crime story, y'all. We gotta let him do it because I love him. Anywho, so this man was in the store and it was like. This mom and daughter, I don't know if they was white or black. It don't even, I think they was white actually. But this black man was in like the section, it looked like like where the fingernails fall, like where women would shop in the store. Yeah. Um, 
you see him like they walk past him together like excuse me sir type shit and then this motherfucker turn around like hmm i see some booty and so this motherfucker walks walks behind him and like they standing there just talking to each other but they look at they looking at something forward and he just like bend down like he's gonna tie his chew and as he's bending down he's just smell her ass he all in there he like Did it a couple of times. Now he was obviously he, this ain't his first rodeo because this nigga ain't get caught. He did it like four times on each ass, smell both ass, and just walked the fuck out the store like nothing happened. Mm. I'm all for fetishes, but do it with somebody that you with, not random people booty. But maybe it's not just the, they <laughs> ran. Maybe that's the thrill of them doing it. Like, oh, I'm about to sniff her ass. Oh my god! But you need to seek professional help because that shit's not normal. Like, huh, I'm gonna smell some ass today. Like, no. Mm-mm. No. Well, I don't know. No. So like everything nowadays is just getting sicker and sicker by the day. Like we live in a sick ass world. Well, speaking of a sick ass world, it's time for another crime time, baby. All right. So welcome back to another crime time. This is where Joshua recaps uh, an episode <laughs> of another crime podcast uh, that I love to listen to in my spare time because, you know, what calms people down more than murder? Nothing. <laughs> uh, especially white women. White women love them some murder. Okay. But this isn't about white women because guess what? I got this from, yep, you guessed it, the podcast, Sisters Who Kill, all right? Ooh. Uh, DeMarlo, have you ever heard of the podcast, Sisters Who Kill? Sisters Who Kill? No, but I'm I'm really interested because like I told y'all, I've been watching these videos lately, so I can't wait to hear it. Yes. So Sisters Who Kill is a uh, Black woman-ran podcast, and it's all about Black murderesses. All right, um, women, black women who kill basically. That's literally the purpose of the podcast. And so, is this similar to that show called For My Man? What is that? Is it similar to that show called For My Man, like that series that they've been having? Yes. But this is like, primarily for black women and it's like all throughout history so it's not just like recent stuff it's like stuff there was like an episode that like dated back to like slavery it was like really dope now but this one actually happened pretty recently um and actually this woman was Charlemagne the god's donkey of the day for her murder and her name is Yoloma Curry Walker. All right. So Yoloma 
long story short, was uh, is a woman. She was living in Ohio. Um, she was uh, an immigrant. Um, she had a decent education, but uh, she didn't have the best childhood. I mean, she was just out here kind of like just flailing in the wind a little bit. Um, at one point, she was uh, in foster care. Um, at another point, she was being abused by her foster parents. Like, it was just a lot. But again, Yoloma grew up. She prevailed. She met a man and got married and was married for, I'm going to say, about 12 years. Um, unfortunately, you know, and as a, as a result of that marriage, she had two kids. She had Jackie and Macklin Jr. Um, but Yoloma and Macklin, they just were not clicking after a certain amount of time, so they decided to go their separate ways. Um, now, hold that thought, because on the other side of Cleveland, all right, was a man by the name of William Curry, uh, William Walker. Now, William Walker had married a woman named Rita, all right, and William was actually a firefighter, and he was actually a really popular firefighter, like, became a lieutenant, like, was out here just, like, serving the community in Cleveland, like, people all over Ohio knew who William was, like, like, and, you know, like, those firefighters, just like police, like, they're real tight, you know, so, like, everybody who was anybody in the world of, like, first responders knew who William was, right, Mm -hmm. And always, like, described him as, like, a kind spirit and, like, just a really good upstanding guy. Now, William and Rita had two children. They had Melody and Chris Walker, right? And by now, they're, they're, their kids are adults. Um, but Rita and William, you know, there just wasn't any spark in their relationship. So, I mean, it was kind of a mutual decision to, to get divorced. You know, and there was no bad feelings. It wasn't a bad breakup. Everyone kind of saw it coming, right? And their their marriage just ended, and that's okay, right? So, and so William yeah. and Rita were like, look, you know, you deserve to find somebody who loves you, and I deserve, to, you know, the same thing. So William started dating around, and ultimately he fell in love with this young girl named Yoloma. All right, who had two kids. Now, mind you, by now, her kids are like preteens, right? Jackie and Macklin are preteens. Melody and Chris are adults, right? So there's a stark difference between them. And so Yoloma and William are together for eight years and everything is sweet. Like, Macklin calls William dad. It is like a whole thing, right? Um, only thing is, you know, William being a firefighter, he's kind of strict. Um, he's definitely strict on Jackie, who is Yoloma's oldest daughter, right? 
And him and Yolanda actually start getting into it about Jackie because he's like, yo, like you spoil Jackie just a little too much. Like, you know, Jackie is out here doing whatever she wants, like out here, like coming in at any time of night. And she's only 17, right? And not to mention, Jackie got uh, Jackie got this little boyfriend named Chad, and Chad be selling drugs and smoking weed. And oh. I'm a firefighter. So what the fuck you you think this is, right? And so Yoma and him used to get into it all the time about it. But Yoma was just like, you know, you just gonna have to get with how I raised my daughter because how I raised my daughter is how I raised my daughter, and she about to be eighteen anyway, so it don't even fucking matter, right? Anyway, meanwhile, all this is happening, but Yoloma is having a little, and when I say a little, I mean a lot of debt piling up. Now, the sources from where this debt started necessarily doesn't really make sense, right? All we know is that she had like thousands upon thousands of dollars in debt. Right. Um, and Yoloma was like, yo, like I'm with this firefighter. We've been together eight years. I need to figure out how he can help me get out of my financial situation. Right. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> she starts like dropping the hints of marriage, right? She's like, you know, you know, maybe we should get married. Now, meanwhile, William. It's kind of like, yeah, I, I like you, but I don't, I don't know, I don't know if we should get married, right? Which is kind of a weird nigga thing to do, especially because we've been together eight years. But sure, <laughs> right? And so your mama's like, yo, I got to do something to make him bend on this whole marriage thing, right? Because her again, her stuff is stacking up, right? So she decides, one day she comes home, she's crying. She's like, babe, sit down, I got something to tell you. I went to the doctor, I got breast cancer and it's stage three, right? And you know, he cries, she cries, they cry together. And then, you know, he knows that like, Yoloma does not have like proper health insurance, et cetera, et cetera. And he a firefighter. So he got like some of the best of the best. So he's like, you know what? Don't even worry about it. Like you about to be on my plan. Like, because guess what? We getting fucking married, right? So William marries Yoloma, right? And ends up following through and puts her on his plan. Now, this is a very strange thing that I saw, right? But apparently people do group honeymoons. Have you ever have you ever heard of a group honeymoon? I ain't never heard of no shit like that. That's different. Yes. So like usually like it's you know, you bring your like you bring your coupled friends and y'all go to a, a destination, right? And so you're enjoying your honeymoon with other couples, mm-hmm. right? Um, but instead of that, they decided to bring their family. Um, 
And guess what? William was like, bitch, we going all out. Spin the globe, point, we going there. William takes his family to Ireland for their honeymoon, right? And I'm talking like, he is showering Yoloma in gifts like necklaces and um, like, like exclusive dinners by the ocean. And like, he buys her this really expensive fur coat. Like he is just like whining and dining her the whole time. But guess what? Yoloma and him actually got some beef because guess who didn't get invited? Chad. Mm. Because Chad decided, right, against William's wishes to start smoking weed in his house, right? And that's when William and Chad, uh, that's when William and Chad got into it and was basically like, yeah, nah, everybody else is going to Ireland, but you, Chad and Jackie, you can stay too if you're going to stay with this nigga, right? Now, Chad is Jackie's son, right? No, Chad is Jackie's boyfriend. Jackie's boyfriend, okay. Yes, Chad is Jackie's boyfriend, right? And mind you, Jackie Jackie is 17, and Chad is like 20, 21. Right. Da, da, da. Anyway. <clears throat> so, they get back. Some months go by. And Yolanda's living the good life. She is taking out credit cards in his name. She is taking out loans in his name. Uh-huh. Right? For what? No clue. But she's like, she's basically like, you know, he got it, so I got it. <laughs> what his is mine. And what's mine right. is his. Right? Uh-huh. But dot, dot, dot. It starts coming back to haunt her because hello, loans, you gotta pay that shit back, bitch. Right? And Sally Mae came knocking, long story short, right? And was like, bitch, where where the fuck is our money? Right? Basically, like Rihanna, bitch better have my money. Right. And <clears throat> so uh, obviously it's in William's name, right? William is about to start getting all these notifications about this money. So what does she do? She says, obviously, the only thing I can do, I got to kill Will. Right? I got to kill Will because William has a fat life insurance policy. We're talking about like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Right? Mm-hmm. So, who does she go to? She goes to our man, Chad. Right? And she tells Chad this sob, Chad and Jackie, this sob story. Oh, he's beating me, and y'all haven't seen it, but like, he really, he's abusive. And I don't think anybody would believe me because he's such like you know he's a firefighter like he just got like pictures taken with the mayor like they really think he's that nigga but he's not that nigga I promise you he's not you know the whole crying thing Mm -hmm. 
And basically, Chad's like, shit. Yeah, I'll help you take him out. He's like, but I ain't going to be the one to pull the trigger. Right? So, so Yoloma promises, Yoloma promises uh, Chad and Jackie $10,000 each. No, no, $10,000, right? If they can get somebody to go kill, uh, go kill William, right? right? And so basically they start plotting. So Chad goes out and he goes and looks and finds some people who can actually, you know, do the thing. Cause he's like, nigga, I ain't pulling that motherfucking trigger. Right. And so here's what happened. Yoloma sends her husband out to go get McDonald's. All right. Now, cell phone records say that she texted Jackie and Chad. Right. Around the time when it was, you know, time to time to come back to the house, right? When William came back to the house, his keys were still in the door. When this guy named Doherty that Chad got to shoot him for eight hundred dollars, for eight hundred dollars and some weed, shot him four times in the chest, right? At his own house, mind you, and ran off. Mm -hmm. So he's bleeding out, he's screaming, you know, Yaloma comes out the house, panicked. Oh my gosh, oh my God. Uh, right, she's just putting on the, the performance of a lifetime, okay? Obviously, the medics get there, and they're like, holy shit, this is Will. Like, this is our Will, right? And so they're doing everything they can to, to get him, you know, back to health. They take him to the hospital. They're rushing him. They're doing everything they can, and it's just not enough. I mean... And when I tell you like half the city of Cleveland was in this hospital room like, or a hospital, like waiting to see what was happening and it just wasn't enough. Um, and the only thing that William could keep saying was that he was drowning, like, like drowning in his own blood basically. Um, and so he passed away and obviously immediately right they give the family just a little bit of space but immediately the police the firefighters they're like bitch who the fuck killed will right because nobody and i mean nobody had any ill will towards will so they start the investigation right and they start digging and digging and digging and digging and digging right and like months pass and they can't tie Yeloma to the crime, right? So ultimately they're following leads that end nowhere. Like they cannot prove that, you know, they can't, they're not even thinking about Yeloma as a suspect at this point, right? She's just a, a widowed woman, 
right? Who wants to get to the bottom of who killed her husband? And they had like they had like a firefighter's funeral for this man and everything. So what gave her away, right? So William and her were actually supposed to be moving out of their home just four days after he was murdered. Everybody knew they were moving. So what does she do? She picks up and moves, right? And then she signs the checks for $10,000 issued out to the people who helped her. She then gets money every month from the Cleveland Fire Department helping out widowed spouses of firefighters who died on duty, right? And I mean, she is collecting bank. Oh, and I forgot to mention the most crazy part. Y'all, why at his funeral, she wore the fur coat that he gave her in Ireland. Yes, bitch. Right, 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 right. Okay, so this is where things start to go south, right? So they start interviewing everybody, right? And Jackie keeps denying interviews with the police. And they're like, mm, that's weird, right? And then they interview Yolanda and they're like, you know, how was his relationship with Chad, you know? And Yolanda's like, he had a great relationship with Chad, right? Meanwhile, all his buddies at the station is like, no, William hated that nigga, right? Like if William, like William really would have killed that nigga. Like if he had the chance, he does not like Chad. And they tell him about Ireland and they tell him about everything like that, right? And then they start, they're like, hmm, well, what if, you know, there we're seeing, you know, we're seeing these text messages we're, um, and we're like, they were tracking the Loma's text messages and they saw the text messages sent to Chad and Jackie the night of the murder, right? And they're like, hmm, that's suspicious, right? Then they see the, uh, the, uh, the transfer of the money to Chad a few months after. That's suspicious, right? So ultimately they go and Jackie is the one to spill all the information. They go to Jackie and they're like, look, we basically know that Chad did it, but we want to know who planned it. Because Chad doesn't seem like the brains of the operation, right? So Jackie spills everything. And basically they offer Jackie a deal because she was 17, she couldn't be tried as an adult, right? So Jackie only ended up spending one month in jail, right? So they get Yolanda, they're like, Yolanda, bitch, we know you did this shit. We know you killed your husband for the insurance money. Da, 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 da. She was like, and I still haven't gotten my insurance money. She was like, but I didn't kill him, you know, da, 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 right? And they were like, well, guess what, bitch? You should have done your fucking research because you're not even listed on his life insurance policy. You know who is? His ex-wife. 
So his ex-wife is going to get all that money. And you killed your husband for no fucking reason. So now, Yolanda is a dumb, dumb, dumb dummy. And she is going to be living the rest of her life in jail. That was today's crime time. Wow. Yeah. Crazy, right? Why the fuck did he leave his ex-wife on there? It's crazy. He left his ex-wife on there because he never wanted to marry Yoloma in the first place. Oh, he did it because she was sick and she kept pressuring him. Yes. So he meant to put her on the life insurance and he actually applied to do so, right? But that shit takes time, right? And William was killed only four months after they were married. Mm. Yeah. She's slow. Craziness. Craziness, 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 craziness. So there are actually like two photos of her out there. One before she was booked and one after she was booked. She looks insane. So, and also, like I said, Charlemagne made her the donkey of the day back in like 2017. So. What was her last name again? Her name is Yeloma Curry Walker. Oh, Yaloma. Mm-hmm. Oh. Ain't that crazy? It's crazy. Wow. I mean... And then and then, but basically she set up her daughter, right? Because what if what if they decided not to try her like a minor and tried her as an adult? Your daughter would have went to jail for you. Mm. Terrible. It's crazy. But if you want to listen to the longer, fuller, and even like twistier version of this story, go check out Sisters Who Kill podcast. I mean, they they do a way better job at explaining this shit than I do. Um, and, and it's like an hour and a half long episode, but they like break it down and they have the funniest transitions. Like when they go to trial, they'd be like, take that shit to trial, bitch. Take that shit to trial. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they took that shit to trial and they found the fuck out. Damn. Mm-hmm. And just think how Saudi the like the firefighters are though, right? Because they've been supporting this woman since her husband died. Mm. Meanwhile, she the one who killed her. So when did this happen? When did this happen? Uh, This had to happen in in the 2010s. Okay. Yeah, I believe it happened in the 2010s. Wow. That's crazy. Offer some motherfucking money. And she, like, she should have, like, she really should have 
checked. Well, she shouldn't have killed him, first of all. Let's start there. But she really should have checked to make sure her name was on that shit before she killed him. Mm-mm-mm. But she also like, should have known. He looked like a good guy, too. God damn. But she also should have known that with him being a lieutenant firefighter, like they are gonna come, like they are gonna do everything in their power to find out how he was killed, especially because it was a homicide. Like dummy. Mm. Well, we've reached the end of our episode today. All right. So Demarla, where can the people find you? Well, you can follow me on Instagram. It is Studio underscore. You are welcome to add me on Facebook at Demarla Lamar. Check me out. Check me out. Period. All right, Bonte, uh-huh. where can people find you? Y'all can find me at DJ Cannon ninety three on Instagram, King Cannon ninety three on Snap, and you can find me at Devonte Cannon on Facebook. You know, if you ever want to just hit me up or something about something you heard, you know, it's whatever. Where can the good people find you, Josh? Uh, well, you guys can find me at Joshua Wordsmith on all the things. Um, TikTok and Instagram. You send me a DM, uh, I might show you a little something strange. Um, maybe I'll send you a picture of a pen one. Okay, pinworm eye, pin. Okay. And that's it. We want to thank y'all for coming on tomorrow. We want to thank you for coming on. Yes. We literally just set this up today. We really appreciate you coming on. No problem, y'all. And um, we just want to thank y'all for listening to Let It Loose with Vontae and Josh. And we out of here. You were just now listening to Letting It Loose. And J O S H, bitch. Pre appropriate.